This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Good morning. In today's headlines, prosecutors charge an 84-year-old Kansas City man in the shooting of a teenager who came to his front door. The 16-year-old was shot in the head and arm but survived and is recovering. We have more on the charges. An Ohio grand jury says police were justified in last year's shooting death of 25-year-old Jalen Walker shot 46 times. It declined to charge any officers involved. House Republicans moving forward with their probe into Biden family business dealings. Now more family members are being investigated, bringing the total up to nine. Elon Musk is calling for a six-month hold on AI development. He says AI has the potential to destroy civilization. We have more on his regulation concerns and his plans moving forward. And we speak to the car coach to learn more about the push for electric vehicles. Find out the impact it's making on the auto market and some things to be aware of if you're thinking about buying one. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. And I'm Tiffany Meyer in for Evelyn Lee. Today is Tuesday, April 18th. It sounds like Musk is really concerned about the potential dangers of AI. It does, and he does have experience in that field. But before we get into that, let's start up with an update in the recent Missouri shooting. The suspect has been named. Prosecutors charged a Kansas City man with two felonies yesterday. That's for allegedly shooting a 16-year-old who came to his front door. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the charges. 84-year-old Andrew Lester was charged with first-degree assault and armed criminal action on Monday. That's for the shooting of 16-year-old Ralph Yarl. The teenager was shot twice after walking up to the wrong house. He was sent to pick up his younger twin brothers around 10 p.m. Yarl mistakenly went to the 115th Street instead of 115th Terrace. He was hit by bullets from a 32 caliber pistol to the left side of his forehead and his right arm. The probable cause statement says the rounds were fired through a glass door. A neighbor called 911 when Yarl crawled onto their lawn bleeding. The teen's family says he is now recovering at home after having surgery over the weekend to remove the bullets. Missouri has a stand-your-ground law. It allows homeowners to use deadly force in self-defense against suspected intruders. Lester claims he was scared to death because of the 16-year-old's size and thought someone was breaking in. He was taken into custody the night of the shooting and placed on a 24-hour hold. He was released less than two hours later. Police say they needed to collect forensic evidence and get a victim statement from Yarl. Yarl says no words were exchanged before he was shot, but heard Lester yell, don't come around here, as he tried to get away. An arrest warrant has been issued, with bond set at $200,000. Lester could spend the rest of his life in prison if convicted. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. 94 shots fired. An Ohio grand jury declined to indict eight police officers in last year's death of 25-year-old Jalen Walker. Police shot Walker after he reportedly fired at least one round at officers during a car and foot chase. And Titty's Daniel Monahan has the story. 
He's slowing down here, slowing down. June 27th last year, police in Akron, Ohio, are in pursuit of Jalen Walker after they say he fled a traffic stop and fired his gun at them from his car. There are eight officers in pursuit. The car chase soon turned into a foot chase. Moments after the foot chase began, the officers opened fire, killing 25-year-old Jalen Walker in a blaze of bullets. An autopsy showed Walker sustained 46 gunshot wounds in under seven seconds. Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost defended the officers. The law allows officers to use deadly force to defend themselves or others against a deadly threat. Yost says that the Summit County grand jury spent more than a week reviewing the BCI investigation. The grand jury concluded that the officers were legally justified in their use of force. Akron Mayor Dan Horrigan reacted. And while I know this may not be the outcome that some members of our community may have wanted, I want to reiterate that this investigation was handled completely independently. Police Chief Steve Milet on the police department's next steps. The Akron Police Department will now begin an internal investigation and review of the June 27th shooting. The police chief said the findings will be used to determine if any policies or procedures were violated or if any policy should be modified. Milet added that threats made against the involved officers are still believed to be active and credible. For their safety and the safety of their families, we will not release their identities. The attorney for Jalen Walker's family criticized the grand jury's decision. The notion that a single gunshot could have resulted or should have resulted in 96 bullets flying at my client, 46 of which stri striking him uh, as something fair and reasonable is absolutely beyond the pale. The state investigation found that police attempted to pull Walker over for a broken taillight and a broken light on his rear license plate. Police said Walker refused to stop and then fired a shot from his car 40 seconds into the pursuit. A handgun and a loaded magazine were found on the driver's seat of his car. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. House Republicans making headway in their investigation into the Biden family's business dealings. House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer says his committee has obtained new records. Comer announced yesterday that his committee obtained thousands of pages of financial records related to the Biden family, their companies, and associates' business schemes. Based on the new records, Comer said the committee identified six additional members of President Biden's family who may have benefited from the Biden family's businesses. This brings the total number of Biden family members involved to nine. Comer didn't name the Biden family members, but he said the committee could issue more subpoenas to banks. Here's what he told Larry Kudlow on Fox News yesterday. We still have more family members that uh, we suspect were involved. So this is a family affair. This is something that should be troubling to every American. And what we've learned from, from going through these records are there are a lot of additional uh, LLCs, a lot of additional bank accounts that we didn't know prior to going uh, to the Treasury Cabinet. The Oversight Committee is investigating if the Biden family has been targeted by foreign actors and if there is a national security threat. The committee is also investigating if President Biden had any knowledge of or role in the business deals. Secret Chinese regime police stations on U.S. soil. The FBI is cracking down on agents working overseas for the Chinese Communist Party, or CCP. Two men were arrested yesterday for their alleged involvement in a secret station in New York City. Over 40 other defendants were charged in a separate scheme. 
NTD's Jeremy Sandberg tells us more. We know what you're doing, and we will stop it. FBI officials and federal prosecutors say Monday's arrests make them the first law enforcement partners in the world to take agents from the Chinese regime's overseas police stations into custody. 61-year-old Harry Liu Jianwang of the Bronx and 59-year-old Chen Jinping of Manhattan were arrested at their homes Monday morning and appeared in court later in the day. The men are both U.S. citizens, but U.S. officials say at no point did the men register with the Justice Department as agents of a foreign government. They are charged with conspiring to act as agents of the Chinese regime, as well as obstructing justice by destroying evidence of communications with a CCP official. If convicted, the defendants face a maximum sentence of five years in prison for conspiring to act as agents of the CCP and up to 20 years for obstruction of justice. Now just imagine the NYPD opening an undeclared secret police station in Beijing. It would be unthinkable. Beijing operates a network of over 100 similar police outposts in other countries. CCP authorities say the offices help overseas Chinese to renew documents and driver's licenses and help them with passport services. But U.S. officials say the secret police stations hide a dark secret. The Chinese National Police appear to have been using the station to track a U.S. resident on U.S. soil. The Justice Department is stepping up its efforts to disrupt the CCP from locating pro-democracy activists and others critical of Beijing's policies. 44 defendants in all were charged Monday with various crimes allegedly orchestrated by the CCP's police force to harass, intimidate and silence Chinese dissidents living in the U.S. The Chinese regime is accused of creating thousands of fake online personas on U.S. platforms to suppress critics, spread propaganda and create political divisions in U.S. elections. Prosecutors charged eight CCP officials in China with directing a U.S. telecommunications company employee to remove Chinese dissidents from the company's platform. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. Tensions escalating in Florida between Governor Ron DeSantis and the House of Mouse. The governor is laying out specific actions he plans to take against Disney. Here are the details. Governor Ron DeSantis said Monday the Republican-controlled state legislature will soon advance a bill aimed at allowing a state takeover of land controlled by Disney. This comes after Disney tried to resist the takeover of the Reedy Creek Improvement District, the special tax district that gave Disney the power to self-govern. Disney did basically special deals to circumvent that whole process, and so they so they controlled the board. So it was basically like a legal fiction. They negotiated with, it, with themselves to give themselves the ability to maintain their self-governing status. DeSantis says the new board overseeing Disney's taxing district will meet on Wednesday to make sure Disney is held accountable. An agenda for the meeting posted online says the board will consider firing existing staff and taking over development oversight within the district. We want to make sure uh, that, that Disney lives under the same laws as everybody else. And some of that has already been underway. Once the state board took over, uh, we began mobilizing state agencies to ensure that Disney's following the same rules, building inspection, safety, all these other things that they were exempt from when everybody else has to follow. The feud between DeSantis and Disney began last year. That's when Disney vowed to help repeal a new state law that banned the teaching of gender identity and sexual orientation to children in kindergarten through third grade. The governor also suggested after the state takes over the land, all options are on the table. People have said, 
you know, maybe maybe have a, another, uh, maybe create a state park, maybe try to do more amusement uh, parks. Uh, someone even said, like, maybe you need another state prison. Who knows? I mean, I just think that the, the possibilities are, 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 are endless. And so that is now going to be analyzed to see what would make make the most sense. DeSantis says the new board overseeing Disney's special taxing district could raise taxes on the company's vast theme park empire. He suggests the additional revenue could be used to pay down the district's existing debt. Billionaire Elon Musk says he will launch an artificial intelligence platform called Truth GPT. The move is an apparent challenge to ChatGPT, the popular chatbot from OpenAI. Musk spoke with Tucker Carlson on Fox News about it and its potential dangers. Now, what happens when something uh, vastly smarter than the smartest person uh, comes along in silicon form? Uh, it's very difficult to predict what will happen in that circumstance. It's called the singularity. It's you know, a singularity like a black hole because yes. you, you don't know what happens after that. It's hard to predict. So I think we should be cautious with uh, AI um, and we should, I think there should be some government oversight uh, because it affects, the, it, it's a danger to the public. Musk warned that AI could lead to civilization destruction. The entrepreneur has repeatedly called attention to the dangers of AI. This amid an explosion of AI products for general consumer use, including from tech giants like Google and Microsoft. Musk also addressed Twitter. He says foreign government agencies had direct access to the messages of private citizens on Twitter before his takeover. Musk says he plans to unveil a feature later this month that would allow users to encrypt direct messages. He says the goal is to limit government interference. Musk also criticized Microsoft-backed OpenAI for training JetGPT to lie. Musk says OpenAI has now become a closed-source, for-profit organization closely allied with Microsoft. During the interview, Musk accused Google co-founder Larry Page of not taking AI safety seriously. The entrepreneur says Page wants a digital superintelligence or digital god as soon as possible. Musk says the goal of Google is what's called AGI or artificial general intelligence, which he described as artificial superintelligence. Google has not yet responded to a request for comment. And just ahead, have you thought about buying an electric vehicle? There are incentives for purchasing an EV, but there is one drawback you may not have considered. Stay tuned to hear some pros and cons. And kids using smartphones and social media, a trend reported with negative effects. Tennessee Couple offers a remedy after the break. Good to have you back with us. The natural gas debate continues. A federal appeals court in California has overturned a law. It bans new construction from using natural gas appliances in the city of Berkeley. Restaurant owners argued the city bypassed federal regulations when the measure was approved. The law took effect in 2020. It banned installation of natural gas piping in new residential and commercial buildings in favor of electrical lines. The California Restaurant Association then filed a lawsuit saying the regulation violated federal law, which gives the U.S. government authority to set energy efficiency standards for appliances such as stoves, furnaces, and hot water heaters. 
Moreover, the Restaurant Association said that the ban could end up eroding the region's reputation for fine and creative dining, as a lack of natural gas cooking leaves restaurants unable to prepare many of their specialties. Opposition groups are expected to appeal the ruling. Staying in California and the out-of-control homeless crisis in Los Angeles, L.A. Mayor Karen Bass proposed a $1.3 billion budget yesterday. That's for housing and treatment programs for the city's homeless population. The mayor's budget would be used in part to buy hotels or motels that would be converted to housing. The budget would also include funds for substance abuse treatment beds. Over a thousand people have enrolled in the proposed program so far. About half of the city's 40,000 homeless struggle with drug or alcohol addiction, and about a third have serious mental illnesses. The Democratic mayor was elected in November after promising to take on the crisis. The city's previous mayor signed a budget in 2021 with close to a billion dollars in homeless spending. Despite that, the homeless population has increased dramatically. Next, we hear about the push for electric vehicles and some things to keep in mind when looking to buy a car. Earlier, I spoke with an expert. Let's take a look. Joining me now is the car coach, Lauren Fix, automotive sector analyst and industry expert. Really great to have you with us today, Lauren. Thank you. If an American consumer wants to buy a vehicle, whether that be gas or electric, what are the key points they need to take into account, considering the differences in range, maintenance, price, and environmental impact? There's a lot of things to keep in mind. There are actually right now four options. You can purchase a diesel vehicle, a gas vehicle, you can buy a hybrid, actually it's five, a hybrid, or you can buy a plug-in hybrid, such as like a Toyota Prius Prime, where it has plug-in if you want it. And then you can also buy an all-electric vehicle. So you have options. And that's what I think should be the final result, is that the consumer gets to choose what they want. So one of the things you want to check out is insurance. That's one thing that no one ever thinks about. They look at the car payment itself, and they look at maybe an incentive. But you have to check the insurance. It's much more expensive to insure a battery-powered plug-in car than it would be for a gasoline-powered vehicle. It has to do with replacement parts and components. Very interesting, Lauren. Thanks for helping us look past the payment into insurance, which is something that many people might not have thought about. What is the impact in the auto industry for this big push for EVs? It's a huge issue. Here's the thing. No car manufacturer is making money, as far as profit is what I'm talking about, on electric plug-in cars. The only one who's making a little bit now, finally, because of scale, is Tesla. And he's already lowered his price three times, which means he's losing profit margin. That What that means is lost jobs. So if the car companies don't have money to invest back into their people, that's going to be a problem. There's going to be layoffs. And we've seen layoffs with almost every car manufacturer. In addition, the UAW was pushing very, very hard, thinking this would be great for jobs to have battery plants here in the U.S. Unfortunately, a lot of this is automated. Much of the materials come from China, so we're now beholden to China. But in addition to that, there are less jobs. So the UAW, who pushed for this on the backside of this push for electric vehicles, has meant lost jobs. And I do want to talk about China. Now, China produces the most rare earth elements, and making these EVs actually requires the use of them. So would this create more dependence on China if we were to go this route? You are absolutely correct. 80% of the mines are owned by China. They were very forward-thinking. I recently posted a video on my YouTube channel, Car Coach Reports, about 
what what is actually going on. China was smart enough to know they couldn't beat us with combustion engines. They couldn't beat us with diesel on a global basis. So they decided to come up with a new propulsion, which is electric. And they bought all the mines so they would control all of the materials. And we don't mine cobalt here in the U.S. because of the damage to the environment. But what no one's thinking about is thinking, oh, it's only going to damage the continent of Africa where a lot of this is done. No, it affects the whole world. The environment is the whole entire planet. So maybe initially it might be in that immediate area, but the recycling of this is an issue. Redwood Materials is the first company to start recycling this. No matter how much money you put into it, 100% of these materials are not recyclable. And this is still going to be a problem because there's a limited amount of cobalt in the planet where there is an unlimited amount of gasoline and natural gas, and you can use hydrogen. There's other forms of propulsion and Companies like Porsche are very, very smart. They've created synthetic gas. It's already being produced. It's already being tested in Chile, Australia, Germany, and here in the U.S. The source of these rare earths is very important. The car coach, Lauren Fix, thank you so much for your insight today. Thank you. The age of children having smartphones and social media accounts is getting lower every year. It's a trend that reportedly leads to negative effects on their well-being. But a mom and dad from Tennessee might just have a perfect solution. Here's the story. Jesse and Sarah Segan from Tennessee were beyond concerned when their sons said their elementary school classmates already had smartphones and were watching pornography. The parents of two then realized how easy it is for children to be exposed to online dangers. The more time your kids spend online and on social media, the more likely they are to self-harm, say that they're depressed, have suicidal ideation, be bullied, obviously. That happened back in 2015 when it was less common for children to have smartphones. The couple knew then exactly what they had to do. Delay. Delay the smartphone. Delay social media. The Segans wanted to spread awareness about child online safety with others and began a campaign called Parents Who Fight. In the past eight years, their organization has provided strategies for parents and schools, including building a healthy relationship with children before giving them access to smartphones. If you can spend that time teaching them how to critically think about what they're seeing online, um, spend that time helping them form relationships that are in the deep bedrock of in-person connection, she says teaching kids soft skills will also protect them from online predators. A kid who knows how to block people, a kid who um, keeps their accounts private, who makes sure that they are not in a space where strangers are going to be, those kids are going to be harder to manipulate. Sarah says they're now focusing on getting Tennessee to pass legislation to get phones to automatically block harmful content from minors. NTD News, Texas. Coming up, classic cars are catching the eyes of more than just auto enthusiasts. Billionaires looking for a return on investments are now getting into the game just after the break. Welcome back. Classic cars are no longer appealing to just a small group of auto enthusiasts. Investors are now spending billions on vintage cars. On the prospect of high returns, let's take a look. Florian Zimmerman's vast collection of classic cars is more than a hobby. It's an investment. He started buying vintage cars when he worked at Mercedes-Benz and has built a collection of 300 vehicles. 
my last uh, assignment um, within Mercedes was uh, head of a classic center. And within this function, of course, I had to work a lot with classic cars. And um, I started at that time to collect my own cars. In 2022, a Mercedes-Benz 300 SLR Uhlenhout Coupe from 1955 was sold for a whopping 135 million euros, about $149 million, making it the world's most expensive car ever sold. Vintage cars have risen 185% in value over the past decade and the market is responding. So besides the fun and, uh, and the um, fun with the cars, uh, it became also a serious investment for us. And um, as you see behind me, um, quite uh, a number of cars now within our collection, uh, which we keep for the future. But it's not a sector for the financially faint-hearted. Zimmerman says running costs for car collections, including hefty storage and insurance fees, could easily amount annually to 6% of the portfolio's value. It's getting harder and harder to find um, the proper mechanics to keep these cars alive, and um, you have to spend quite an amount of money to keep all these cars um, in running condition. Nonetheless, the classic car market is expanding, as the number of wealthy people also rises. And the race to renounce combustion engine cars will only serve to heighten interest in these relics of a vanishing era. You know, Tiff, I really like those dashboards. They have all those dials. It is quite fun. I think the oldest car I've ever had, my dad had a Mercedes-Benz. I was like 24 years old when I was younger. But Really? Yeah, that Mercedes that we saw had nice woodwork in the dash. I like that. Yeah, they're actually made really well back then, but that's all from us today on this program. We'd love to hear from you at goodmorning at ntd.com, so shoot us an email if you'd like. Thanks for watching. I'm Tiffany Meyer. And I'm Kevin Hogan.